What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, like always, Dante, and I got my two brothers with me, Jay and Sir Derek. And in today's episode, we are talking about what makes a great coach. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? What's going on, fellas? What's up? What's Everything up? all good this way? Yes, sir. Same thing here. Pick That's a plan. good. That's real good. So we got the NFL. You know, draft on hand, so we got we're all talking football right now. Sports is in the air. Um, I have no clue when baseball starts. I'm just not a baseball fan at all. You do um, know baseball is going on right now, right, bro? See, I didn't even know it started already. <laughs> so, so I am. I'm ready for. I'm ready for football. I'm ready for spring ball. I'm ready for you know to be OTAs. I'm ready for to see what my rookies do. I'm pretty excited about. It. You know, what my Pittsburgh Steelers did, you know what I mean, all the way through. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about kind of what makes a great coach. And we're not going to focus just on football. We're just going to focus on everything. So my boy Jay pretty much uh, started this uh, this topic. So I'm going to go ahead and let you kick it off, Jay. Um, I guess what makes a great cho- coach for you, man? Okay. Uh, well, to me, you know, a great coach is a, a, a person who can uh, – obviously know the game in and out, obviously uh, know what they want as a coach. But one of the the key characteristics to me is knowing your players. See, there's a lot of coaches who go out here and they're just like, they're straight one-dimensional and they treat everybody the same. You know, either they can be rough or they can be, you know, laid-back coach. And I don't think that's how you should approach it. I think you have to learn your players. Everybody has a different personality. And if you want to bring the best out of your players, you should learn your players. So there are some players who you can talk to. I agree. Like, you know, like like there are some players who 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 love to be pushed and you're like pushed like, you know, roughly where you're screaming at them and dogging them out. Get out. But then there are some players who you have to learn how to communicate with, like – that screaming and yelling stuff, it won't get through to them, and they and they could they they'll they'll cut off. So, I think learning your players is to me is one of the one of the main characteristics you need as a coach to be a good coach. And I, I think that's in any any sport, any thing where you're coaching with a team. Now, yeah, I agree. That's that's not to say when you're doing activities together such as like running sprints or suicide, something like that, and you see the one person dogging it out, you're like, oh, I, I can't scream at him, so I'm going to be nice. But I'm, no, no, no. But when it's a group activity like that, come on. We, I, I, I have to motivate everybody the same way. Yep. But, but there are certain things where you have to be able to maybe pull that player to the side after the drill, talk to him. Hey, you know what I mean? Let him know what's going on. Then there are some – that that you could pull to the side, and he might need roughed up some more. He he, he, he <laughs> might he might need talk 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 bad to some more to get to to get that push. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, one uh quote that I that I like that I heard from Tomlin is, everybody will be treated differently but fairly. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. You know, and I, I think, I think that that was kind of what I was saying. You know, like when he said that, I was like, "That's exactly what I mean." And I think that's why a lot of players like Tomlin. You know what I mean? Yep. And a lot of organizations like him because he, he he can 
He knows how to communicate. He knows what to say. You know, sometimes, you know, he might make a bad decision, but that's that's every coach makes bad decisions sometimes here and there, even the best of them. But, what was his last bad – what was his bad decision? Because you know – I mean, we from Pittsburgh, so we diehard fans over here. I can't say the last thing, but I can – I know there's a couple a couple things, a couple challenges challenges he should have made or, you know what I'm saying, that he didn't make. That, that could I have thought he should fight for Palomalo one more year, though. You say he should have fought for Palomalo? Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people think that because people were like – you know, especially in Pittsburgh, we love Palomalu. That's that's the thing. Everybody was loving Palomalu. I like Palomalu. He was one of my favorite Steelers of all time, obviously. But you could clearly see he was on the down end. <laughs> that that uh, last year, he was totally banged up. He was always getting hurt. He was coming off a couple concussions, and like they say. It's always better to get rid of some, rid of the player <laughs> before it's yeah, too late, yeah. right? And I don't even I don't even know if it it was a year early because I mean he was like to me I'm I'm I'm, I'm watching the games myself not even from a coach's view just from TV and I'm looking like man this ain't the same Pablo Marley. He 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 he's missing tackles now. He's he's not as fast as he was. He was like like something was different about him. Question though, did he play for anybody else? No, he didn't. No. But, so that answer that answers the question then. But, they made the right decision. But I don't think he wanted to though. Yeah. You know? I don't know if he even the pursue. I think he was uh once Pittsburgh let him go, he was like, I'm done. He yeah. actually didn't want it. He didn't want to retire. Nah. But they kind of forced him because they didn't they didn't free him up. Yeah. Sign him another deal. Because nah, if he people. no 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 no, if he still wanted to play, he still had that burning sensation, fellas. My man would have took a job somewhere else because people would have still wanted him just for his knowledge and to be a good team guy. So it, it, it's a two way street. They but, but, yeah, they got rid of his ass and and true. he didn't want to and he was like, "Fuck it, I'm done too." So that's true, but you got to remember. Palomalu was a different guy, man. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying he wasn't a different guy. I'm just I'm just being I'm just asking the question like, did he play for somebody else? And the fact that he didn't play for somebody else, one or two things came across his head: I'm done with this shit and I'm tired, or I don't want to play for nobody else. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not sure. And it may it may have been a combination of both. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he was upset that that the Steelers let him go. So yeah. I, I think because he still has a grudge against our. Yep. So I, I think it was more he just didn't want to play for anybody else because he still wanted to play. Yeah, yeah, he, like certain reunions of that team, he didn't come. He didn't show up. Yeah, <laughs> he he went and hung up with Ryan Clark like the day before because right. they're still cool. But right. he was like, I'm not coming to any of the the team events because right. like. Yeah, y'all did me dirty. Right, right. Like back to the coaches. What do you think, man, Derek? Uh, what, you know, what do you, what do you think uh, makes a great coach? Man, it's personality. It's like like Jay said. Man, it's it's knowing your team, man. That's like that, and that goes into like um, even work. Like mm-hmm. if you're like someone who leads people, like you got to know your personnel. 
Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know your personnel, then you will, you're a bad leader. Period. I, I think that's just my opinion. You're a bad coach. You're a bad leader. Yeah, like, I agree. You you got to know when your guys is having a bad day. You got to know, you know what I mean, that his wife spent all his money and he worried about his finances <laughs> or his kid is, <laughs> you know, becoming a hellion and messing up and whatever the case may be, man. So I think that's what makes a good coach. It's the personalities. It's being able to have those adult conversations with an, another man and being truthful and honest and, you know, coming from respect. Not a not out of the place, a place of power because I'm the coach and you got to do what I say. Nah, yeah. like you can see where you have coaches who, you know, push their players, but still, you know what I mean, has a gentle touch. I got you. No, yeah, I got you. I got you. Like, you, yeah, you got to be able to be like, hey, when it's time to get down to business, we get down to business. But also being able to have a gentle touch and knowing their personalities or and read up enough about them and you know right. know where they come from, know what know their background. Yep. I think that's what makes a great coach. It's not it is it's not, you know, a crazy situation where you see certain guys always, you know, having winning teams. Yeah, it ain't necessarily it ain't necessarily always players because Player turnaround happens a lot, especially yep. when we're talking in the professional. Exactly. Like you got so much player turnaround, but there's a reason why you have so many so many coaches who have great success. It ain't necessarily always scheme because my players change from yep. year to year. That's true. So no, I'm with you on that one. I think that's what I, makes a great coach. So I think so. No, I think that's good, man. Like. I mean, you guys both hitting right on the right on the point. Just because, I mean, personality is one. If you're gonna coach and lead somebody. You got to know people's personality. So, in order to lead people, you got to know what makes them tick. You got to know what makes them move. You got to know what makes them what makes them trigger. And I think a good coach knows, depending on your team, every single player and what makes them tick. Like, oh, this dude don't like confrontation. Oh man, all right, I'm about to get up and get up in there. You know what I mean? Or it just might be a guy who's nice and quiet. He will, you know, all the rules, do what he got to do, comes in work. You ain't got to say much to him. But, hey, practice starts. You know what I mean? And then then others, you got to be – you got to see him. You got to point him out like 50 yards, you know, downfield. You know what I mean? When you don't think he's looking, hey, you know, get your butt in gear. Let's go. You know, don't half-ass this stuff. But, you know, a good coach, you know, kind of just piggybacking off what you guys said is, is personality, how to trigger those personalities to get the outcome that you want, you know what I mean? But I think also on top of that, a good coach leads to the point where it, it, it's more than just a sport. It's more than just, like, football. Like, yep. a lot of the good coaches you see people talking about are, like, their high school coach. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like their high school coaches because they not only taught them the game of football, but they talked to them some games of life. You know what I mean? Like, they, they got to sit right. down and really, because they were maybe the star athlete, we're like, all right, let me see how how coach lives his life, and then and then coach lets mm-hmm. him in. Like, all right, this is this is kind of what it is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is this part. This is what's important. Yes, football's smart. I mean, football's good. Yes, football can change your whole world. But you know what I mean? If your mindset is still the same, you know, it's never gonna grow. And I think a really good coach kind of, you know, um, leads you know in a certain kind of way to help men become men, and and, and women to become women as well. You know, um, 
and I mean the sports part of it. It's time to win. You know what I mean. So like being able right. to you know gear them into the the realm of all right, this is what it's going to take. This is some hard work. Right. You're not just going to be able to come in here with some talent and 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 be cute. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The top, but the top is in here working hard. So exactly. You know, get your butt in gear. Let's go. You know, if this is what you say you want it, then let's go. Yeah. So. Um, and I and I think but, one one other thing to uh-huh. piggyback off that I think a great coach empowers, you know what I mean. Yeah. He empowers mm-hmm. his players to have you know all types of dialogue. Like you don't feel dumb for coming up, you know, with a with a suggestion, idea, or something like that. So like I think good coaches empower their players to like make them study to be like, hey, coach, I seen this, 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 and this. Right. How can we incorporate? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, being able to empower them guys, like, that's why I think people who say "quote unquote" have are the great coaches. They have great teams because they're player driven teams. Right. That makes sense. That that coach mm-hmm. has empowered his players to also not just necessarily jump on. You know, giving them the players enough power to jump on a on a teammate. And have those dialogues with the teammate, and because the coach doesn't necessarily always have time to police the team. True. So if you're giving your players enough power and empower them enough, they can police themselves, and the coach can actually just coach, make adjustments, and continue to educate. So I think that's what also makes a good coach as well. Definitely agree. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. So, what do you guys? Let me ask you guys this: top five coaches. You know, no matter the sport, um, who you guys? Who guys? Who will be your top five coaches? Ah, man, for me, man. You know what? I can't even put them in order. I'm just saying, because five are just top five. Anything is kind of hard, man. Because <laughs> there's just so many. But if I was to name five, you know, just real quick, I would put uh you know, I would I would put Greg Popovich in there. Okay. I would put Bill Walsh in there. Coach K, obviously. Alright. I'm gonna have to. I, I gotta throw my man Tony Dungy up in there because the things he did, <laughs> you know, like man, especially being the first black coach to win the Super Bowl and all the pressure he had on him and getting bounced around. And for a fifth one, man, I'm gonna have to show some respect to Pat Summit, man. Okay. Because she, what she did was 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 ridiculous, like. I mean, I forgot. I'm not sure she had a thousand, a thousand and something wins, like only two hundred some losses. And I mean, man, that's that's a tough to do. Uh, and I know a lot of people think that coaches that get the best players, you know, they shouldn't be amongst the top where they think it's easier. That to me is the whole opposite. Yeah. Because you're getting a bunch of egos. You cannot tell me. Um, uh, Coach K, you're bringing in the talented basketball players from high school who have been the best player in their region since they probably were 10 years old. 
being told they're the best, getting cuddled like like uh, they're the best, and you come there and get this ego, that ego, this ego, that ego of the top players, put them together, and make them make them jail, and you can win a championship their first year together. That is not easy to do. No, no, not from the get. You know, and that that even goes for uh, uh, Bama's coach. Him too, like Nick he, Saban. Yeah, yeah, Nick Saban. Like he gets the best of the best, and that's part of the hard part is being able to recruit and getting the top players. Like that's that's tough to do. And then you're bringing them in, and they're, you got offensive players, defensive players. Like it's hard to convince a five star player that you're going to play in two years because we have other five star players hitting. That's true. I mean, you seen Devontae Smith. Right. That man, Saban didn't even want him at first. Like, he wanted him, but he was like, you know, I seen the the interview he did just the other day. Saban was like, uh, I'm going to need you to get some more weight on you. Like, yeah. You're great, but I need you to get some weight. Next time you seen him, same size. Uh, like, nah, know. man, this guy was over here killing everybody. I got it. Got to <laughs> give him the scholarship. Right. And he did, and then look at him now. But he right. had... I mean, still, even still in the draft, <laughs> he's a Heisman Trophy winner, but his counterpart went in the draft a, a pick before him. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's because his counterpart was better than him. Let's let's stop that. <laughs> then how did Devontae win <laughs> the Heisman? Because he got hurt, bro. Yeah. Devon, nobody knew who Devontae Smith was. He wasn't going to come out this year, bro. Yeah, he bro. just had one hell of a run after yeah. uh, Jalen Waddle went out. After yeah. Waddle went out, hell, he went on a run. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, like, definitely. Now, now it's time to go and get this money. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, he he, he played that perfectly. But uh, I mean, even to think about this, like, even to think about Alvin Kamara played for Alabama at one point. Yeah, Dang. and he left, and he because he wasn't about to see the field. That's crazy yeah. <laughs> to think that to think that he wasn't him. Like, he's a beast, man. He's like the whole Saints office. Well, no, my bad. I won't say the whole Saints office, but he's about he he he's a nice chunk of it. He a nice thirty five percent. I'll say 40. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, and he wasn't about to see the field. He got drafted in the third round. Like that's crazy to think. Like wow, <laughs> they had that much talent there. But because um, yeah. it wasn't wasn't it like um, Trent Richardson and all of them, Mark Ingram, yeah. Like all them dudes was before him, right? Right. No, no playing time. Nice. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry didn't start. <laughs> no, nah, he didn't start. Dang. He didn't start. <laughs> Derrick Henry didn't start playing until late in his sophomore year. Right. Who start? Who started over Derrick? Man, they had oh, Trent. Man. They had Trent Richardson. They had uh, Ingram. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it, Trent Richardson it, turned into a freaking bus. But he, no, yeah, Trent, Rich, Tr- he, Trent Richardson turned into a bus because he didn't know how to put that food down. He didn't put the food down. And, he had a, <laughs> Literally. And, and honestly, man, he had a bunch of off-field off uh, problems. Off-the-field issues. His family was getting yeah. shady, man. They're stealing yeah. his money for real. Yeah, mental. Dang. He had some mental health issues and some, you know, family issues. When we talk about that money, remember, remember what we keep saying, man. Money should travel down, not up. Yeah. And when money keep traveling up, you you run into problems. Them problems problems <laughs> occur. You know yeah. what? I um, I forgot who I said. I said who? Did, did that name five? I said, yeah. I said yeah, Greg yeah. Bill. You said Bill Walsh, uh, Greg Popovich. 
uh, Pat Summit, Tony and, like, Dungy. Tony Dungy. And I said Coach K. Coach yeah, K, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I know you said something. So, man, I want to get on the Pat Summit, man. Yeah. Like, like what she did for women's college basketball and women's sports, period. Right. Mm-hmm. She is an all-time great. Uh, definitely. Definitely. She's an all-time great. Yep. Like, and she started coaching. Like, she became the head coach in her mid-20s. Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> where she wasn't getting paid nothing. Not a, not, she, not, she, she, she did it for pure love in a game. Yeah, pure love. Like, she was, like, almost like the athletic director. Mm-hmm. The You know, she was driving them on the team bus. Like, all this. Yeah. We, like, and to establish the career that she had at the University of Tennessee. And to make them into a powerhouse is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like she, she is the one who started. Like they didn't have a women's college hall of fame or something like that. Like they didn't. Like they just now got it. Like well, after crazy. she passed, but she, she definitely was, you know, one who spearheaded it. It's in Knoxville. I just, I, I just, I just looked her up to see, you know, some some things that I didn't know. Now this one's crazy right here. They said she had a hundred percent graduation rate for all her student athletes who completed their eligibility wow. as a lady wall. A hundred percent. Wow. Because see, I mean, not only did she empower the young ladies who came to school with her, because she empowered them. Like right. if you if you go back and listen to some of the. Uh, some of the interviews that, you know, people like Candace Parker and Tamika Catchings and Shamiqua Holesclaw and, you know, all these ladies that she had, mm-hmm. you know, they always like, man, Coach Summit was, she was tough. Yeah, right. she was tough as hell. She would like mm-hmm. be in there behind, but mm-hmm. always, always, always was there for them. Always <laughs> was there to empower them, yep. even though she rode their ass. Like, talk yep. crazy to them. Like, I remember... I remember I must have been in high school, and the Final Four was in Kansas City. The women's Final Four, it was in Kansas City. I went down, me and my me and my twin, we went down there, and we, you know, had a good time. You know, seeing all of it and just to see her work was amazing, bro. Like just to see her work and do her thing, it was crazy. And that was when she had that's when she had the quote unquote the three meeks. So Shamika Holes call. Tamika Ketchings and Shamika Randall. Right. And then they had now they also had the point guard who is now the head coach uh of the University of Tennessee. Um her name then was Kelly Jolly. She got married. I forgot her married name, but she is the head coach now. But mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like, cause I wanted to go down there because they had a documentary that was on HBO and I cannot find it. But it used it was on HBO. And they like did the behind the scenes of like that team that year, and I mean she was dogging them. She was, was she really? She was in. She was in their ass. I don't know why I was like I want to see that. I just want to see Pat actually just getting in these girls' butt. I, I mean she was Man. she was in their behind, bro. Like I'm really trying to see if that like ever find it, but it was like it was it was. Almost like a doc on. It was a doc on HBO. Okay, 
I got HBO now just because I had to had to get it for that Mortal Kombat, but I might have to check that out. <laughs> it's still on there. It was called a Cinderella season. Okay. Oh, hey, is, is, uh, Derek, she was she was twenty one when she was named the head coach. Yeah. Twenty one. So like what you at twenty at twenty one at twenty one years old like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I made the most wisest decisions at twenty one. I'm twenty one years old. I'm just out of college. She's just out of college at twenty one. You're asking her to be the head coach Mm -hmm. of a major university. (laughs) And she went and she went sixteen and eight her first season. Yeah, <laughs> like man, yeah, she's. I would put her up on Mount Rushmore for sure. I yeah, mean, I'm gonna go ahead and take pioneer. off one of my guys because I'm <laughs> yeah. not. A- like, it, it, and it's crazy. It's crazy to to think that. Like, like I don't think she gets enough. I don't think some people actually know what she did and who she is. Right. As far was, as like as a coach, one of, man. Right. Right. Like you, you, you. Please, people, please. America, <laughs> yeah. worldwide. Please do your history on Pat Summit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I know people think that women's college college basketball is not fun to watch. Her teams were great to watch. They were yeah. fundamentally sound. Right. They were great shooters. They were unselfish. They played great defense. I mean, they, and they played, were tough as hell. They played basketball. Her teams played basketball. Like if you want to know, learn how to play the game of basketball, mm-hmm. you could watch her teams. Like that's how you actually. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's not cool to you know you get, people get crossed up and all this, and you have flying and one on one and all that. But like to actually play basketball as a team sport, the way that she coached it, that's that's how you play basketball. No, that's what's up. Yeah. So, so far, hey. So her correct record was a a thousand and ninety eight wins and two hundred and eight losses. Come on, man. That's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. man. Come on, come on. (laughs) Yeah, that's greatness. That is from Mount Rushmore. Like she was a head coach from nineteen seventy four to twenty twelve, and she stepped down due to you know some health problems. Right. But like that's longevity. Yeah, I mean, she was rewarded the president, you know, Medal of Freedom um, by um, Barack Obama, so President Barack Obama. Right, right. But, and that's just based off just what she did. And just like I think Jay just mentioned, 100% of her 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 teams and her, her uh, athletes graduated? Come on, man. That's a feat in itself. That's exactly what a coach is, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But Derek, what's your top five? Or did you – you didn't give your top five yet. No, nah, I ain't give my top five, man. But my, my my top five out here in these streets. Uh, Pat Summit, Pat Summit, Pat Summit. <laughs> no, like, because it's crazy. Like, I wanted to have Pat Summit in mind, but I didn't. I didn't. And not that I overlooked her because, like, I think she would have been my six. But, like, in my lifetime of, like, growing up. And she was part of my lifetime. So, but no, Belichick, Bill Walsh. Phil Jackson, Pop, and Joe Torrey, the baseball coach for the mm-hmm. New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Joe, Joe Torrey. Torrey. Yeah, that's definitely. He's a uh, mean yeah. baseball player too, wasn't he? Yeah. Joe so like, 
the I mean, and I know me and Jay had some of the you know some of the same people when we were talking about Pop and Belichick and Bill Walsh. But like you, you got to go back and understand the things that. And me growing up as a 49er fan, like I was yeah. able to see Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh changed as, the game. He changed the game. Like people game. are still running what he implemented. Uh huh. Yep. Like 50 <laughs> years ago. Right. It is still successful. <laughs> like, and we we talking about. I mean, we talk about Pop. Like, look what Pop has done in San Antonio. Yeah, in San Antonio. Nine major market. You've won, what, five championships? Four right. or five championships? Right, five. With not, like, no arguments. Like, they're, like if you look at it, they're like one of the few dynasties ever in sports that didn't have turmoil. Yeah, they didn't have turmoil, and they didn't have like that super flashy all star player either. Yeah, like you, they they got some all time greats. Like right. Tim Duncan is arguably the greatest power forward ever. Right. Don't at me, don't DM yeah, me, right. don't say nothing. I'm right. telling you, Tim Duncan, I greatest agree. power forward ever. I agree, man. <laughs> He's up there. I agree. Like I'm just gonna be quiet. I, I mean, whatever. Say what you gotta say. Like I ain't worried about it. Now go ahead, finish, finish. Go ahead, finish. But <laughs> but the thing, the things that they did, man, was was great. And then like Phil, Phil Jackson, like they gonna always say that. Well, Phil had Mike, and Phil had Scotty, and Phil had Kobe, Shaq, Kobe and Shaq. But go back and look at it. None of them was winners without Phil. None of them. I'll wait. Yep, true. I agree. And None of them. Whenever he brought his offense. To that team is when they start winning. Yeah, when they start buying into it for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, like everybody seen the last dance. Yeah. Like you, how you seen the sh- the shit the field was dealing with? Yeah, man, <laughs> a lot, man. Dennis Rodman. The day the day to day stuff that he was dealing with, like, e- and it was egos. Yeah, it was super, hardcore egos. Super Mike, good. everybody know Jordan got an ego. Scottie Pippen felt like he had an ego after mm-hmm. Mike left. That was his team. Like you dealing with the ego of Dennis Rodman, yeah. the ego of Tony Kukoc. Like, hey, I was the greatest player, you know, overseas. Like right. now, I got to come here and like and play second fiddle. To, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> you talking about Kobe and Shaq? Like, man, man talking what? about that. I, I, I want to see those practices though. Like, how how did he manage that, man? Because them two together, like, <laughs> and and like, I I just listened to like Shaq on he was on a on uh all the smoke with Matt Barnes and and uh, Stephen Jackson, and he yep. was just saying like, yeah, like my ego got in the way of yeah, that. He yep. He was like, my e- my ego got in the way. Like, I could have took less money. I could have went to the family and was like, nah. Like, but he was like, hell no, nah, I want 150. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like the, the hell with that. I want 150. And I ain't I ain't budging off that. Yeah, could he have taken less money and Shaq and Kobe could have worked that thing out? Yeah, they could have. But ego, money, age, and do it. Because most people don't know. Phil tried to get Kobe traded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was going to get traded to Chicago, right? It didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like they wanted Phil. Phil wanted Kobe out. 
Hmm. <laughs> like, and that's where you see that pause of where Phil left. Remember that Phil left for a year. He did. That is right. Phil, I remember that. Okay. After after they lost to Detroit, Shaq got moved to Shaq got moved to Miami. Phil mm-hmm. left, and Kobe stayed because he went to him. He went to what? Phil went to Doctor Bus and was like, "Hey, you got to move this dude." <laughs> yeah, Kobe, Kobe, was, Kobe was worse than uh, Jordan with as far as uh, ego. I think honestly, I think he he took he took it a, a, a step further than Jordan. Jordan knew who he was. Kobe knew who he was, but Kobe was like, man, he was taking nothing from anybody. Yeah. Coach, GM, didn't matter. <laughs> hmm. Players, he, he didn't care. So. Did you so finish then, yeah. your top five? Yeah, that was my top five, bro. I gave you uh, Joe Torrey, Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, and, and Bill Walsh. Yeah. All right. I mean, I got another top. I got another five, too. Like, yeah, I could give you top yeah, five many. of what I wanted in each sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, I mean, I got – I mean, just like he said with Pat Summit, Pat Summit would be on my, you know, six through ten along with Gino Oriema. Hey, so, you know, let me you, let, you, let me say something real quick. No also, no disrespect to the hockey fans out there, because I'm sure somebody's like, Oh, you're for you know, like look, listen, I know me, I don't watch that much hockey, so I won't even be disrespectful and pretend like like I know. So that's why I didn't pick any hockey coaches. I know there's some great ones out there, though. Just, just, just let them know that. <laughs> and, and great soccer coaches, but that's not my forte. Right. <laughs> These are all personal <laughs> picks, people. Personal picks. That yeah. is true. Because from people, sports that I played in. Right, because people do get emotional. Like, oh, you're not talking about. Look, well, then how about you talking about it? How about you talking <laughs> about it? Join the conversation. That's all. Educate us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Come educate us for sure. <laughs> but um, all right. So my top five. Listen to y'all. I mean, I don't change my top five like five times. Why <laughs> you change your top five? It's your it's your five. Yeah. Because y'all bringing news to me, and I'm like, oh, I forgot all about oh, this yeah, person. Yeah, then, I hear it. I mean, unfortunately, Pat, you know, Pat Simmons, I did, I didn't know much about. You know what I mean? Right. So. Uh, I mean, I, I knew who she was, but I didn't know what she accomplished and like the importance behind everything that she accomplished. And that new thing that you just dropped with us, a hundred percent—that's that's mind blowing. So I literally had to take out Mike Tom. <laughs> I was Mike Tom, you out, you out, bro. Because I, I still think so. My my top five is: I got Tony Dungy, I got Bill Belichick, now have Pat Summon Summit. Uh, Doc Rivers, and then I got a new coach, Deion Sanders. And I'll, okay. I'll explain. I'll ex- okay, I'll, okay. I will right. ex- will explain Deion just in, in a minute. So All Tony right. Dungy, we know Tony. Like Tony has always been the stable uh, a leader. Right. You know what I mean? He's always – like he hasn't won a ton. But like he has won a Super Bowl. He has won a lot of games. Um, but he always just showed just like character building. Like everybody who, who's ever been coached by him has always said great things about him. Like how he leads men, how he gets people like who didn't have a family background, brings them in and shows them his family. His family is gigantic. 
and he just brings them in and shows them, hey, this is all love. Like, yeah, I'm here for you, and we're here to do a job, but this is all love. So, and then Bill Belichick, I mean, you can't really, you can't say it's just Tom Brady all the time. I understand Tom just won the uh, Super Bowl without Bill Belichick, but, yeah, but that cool. system Bill had, like, it wouldn't have been a dynasty without both of them together. Yeah, right. And, oh, Bill being Bill. And I got my opinion on the whole Tom Brady thing, man. You can people can miss me. And yeah, I got my own opinion. Whatever. Like <laughs> don't you can come for me, I don't care. But y'all can miss me with that Tom Brady bullshit that people be talking about. Like, it ain't hard for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl when you already have a great defense that was in the top five. That was a great defense. Right? Yeah. And then like don't get it's easy for you to be like when you throw into Jackson, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, uh, and then Gronkowski. Leonard for- Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, and Ronald Jones. Yeah. Miss me. See, look, <laughs> I, kiss my look, whole I'll, ass. Like I'll say this. I'll say it's, a little Scotty Miller. Don't don't forget I, Scotty Miller. Don't yeah, forget Scotty, Scotty Miller. Miller. Yeah. I'll, like I'll say this. Like, I, I'll say. It's much easier for Tom Brady to be successful than it would be for uh, Bill Belichick, but I wouldn't say it's easy because you're going first off. You're moving your family. You're moving to a different. I mean, you went from New England to Tampa Bay. Then you're you're learning a whole different scheme. They didn't learn no new scheme. Stop playing like they learned a new scheme because they didn't. No, they stop they, it. They were they 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 were trying to learn a look. No, they learned a new scheme, not him, but that oh. scheme did. <laughs> That's true. I was like, didn't Tom bring the whole yeah, system? With? Yeah, yeah, like not, not him, but but the team, which is which is difficult to get everybody on the same page. You know what I'm saying? No, hold on, hold on. It ain't difficult. It ain't difficult to get people on the same page if you won. Like if I won and I can be like, "Hey, this is how we won, easy." But you have like to that's think. not that's not hard to do. But yeah, but you have like to especially, think but you have to think especially too. if you got Antonio Brown and Gronkowski but, but, who but, know you. But but you have to think they weren't winning that first though. Tevin Bay wasn't winning. They Tevin Bay was struggling. They yeah, they were you, they, you had you had Mike Mike um, Evans on the sideline pouting and and slamming stuff on the sideline and all that. They were. Sh- Hold on, but they were struggling because of ego. They were struggling because Bruce Arian was like, ah, no right. biscuit, no biscuit. Right. That's the problem. As right. soon as he right. just shut his ass up and was like, hey, uh, Tom, let's let's move to your strengths. Because Tom Brady didn't have the arm as Jameis Winston. Right. Like, I, I, I'm, I'll die on this sword. I will, I will die on this sword. I'll be on this hill all by myself. Listen, if Jameis Winston only threw 20 interceptions... Tampa Bay makes a playoff run. Oh yeah, 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 they do. Instead of thirty, because they lost, they they were losing games by two points, three points. They yeah. were losing games like, because because of a pick six. Yeah, like mm-hmm. oh yeah, definitely. Like so, but it's not like it's not like Tom Brady turned turned a team that was shitty into great. No, yeah. they were a really great team. Right. They just had some misfortunes, right? But they, <laughs> but but they did still <laughs> change their change their uh, offensive scheme, and they still had to get the players to buy in, and they were struggling for a minute. Like the the offense wasn't clicking at all. Nobody like, and 
AB came in game eight. He came in heavy. True. He came in halfway through the season. Then he comes in and they struggle some more. Yep. Man, that's that's hard to keep a team together. I don't care how much talent you have. People people start 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 getting pissed off and start believing what they're doing ain't working. And for Brady to be like to pull them players together, I mean coaches too, but but for him to pull them together and 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 uh, get them to believe and and uh, they they start clicking and they start clicking at the right time. I, I wouldn't say it's easy, but 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 it's definitely easier than what. Belichick has has to do. He, he has to control the whole team. And, and guess was, what? Bel- Belichick was winning until the whole COVID shit went through his yeah, team. That's true too. Like that's, nobody. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if there's a team that been hit as hard as the Patriots with how many people opted out. And, like and nobody, too, nobody want to have that conversation. Out. Yeah, pe- like people definitely opted out last year too. So that was like tough, yeah. man. <laughs> Belichick like, had it tough last year. They were what. They were what three and one or something like that. They had a winning record. Cam mm-hmm. goes down with COVID, misses what two weeks. Two weeks, and then it gets ugly after that. Yeah, it gets ugly. Right, yeah. right. Like, and we all we all know as people who've done you know athletic stuff. Like, if you miss two weeks, the train doesn't stop. Doesn't the, stop. the train still got to keep rolling with you <laughs> or without you. And we have to factor in for both of them. There was no preseason. Yeah, okay. but yeah. but this this but that makes it harder for Belichick because you talk about changing the scheme now now they change the scheme all around because Cam Newton's a whole different quarterback than uh Brady. I agree. <laughs> so I agree. That's why. Well, that's easy. That's easy to say. Yeah, that, that's why I, I didn't um really uh you know bash Belichick last year how people did but I think that was just more of people were just happy to see him family losing because he been winning for 20 years <laughs> right that was right. just Man, much hate. like you you make the argument now coming into this year in the 2021-2022 season about Belichick and we'll see Okay. Yep. I think they're going to be a beast. I'm, I'm sorry. I yeah, think they are. Me too. Another year under Kim's belt with that damn playbook. Because he has said in the offseason, that was pretty tough. Because they had no OTAs, no offseason, no no pre, uh, no um, shoot, um, yeah. preseason. I mean, so he was going right in. And, and they didn't sign him until what, July? Honestly, June, July? Not. August, bro. It was, so yeah. it's. It, they signed him a few weeks before the season even started. So, hey, of course, he didn't know the playbook. Look, I so. love Cam Newton, man. I love mm-hmm. him as a player and his personality. But let's not let's not forget that he got some competition now. Yeah. Mac Jones, right? Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones because, like, to me, like, I mean, you play for Alabama. You had a thousand weapons every single year. But – I, I'm not a scout. I don't see the inside stuff. I don't see the coach mm-hmm. film. That's a whole different level. So there's and and, and I, I got to trust Belichick when it comes to you know knowing. Yeah. No, he fit. He he. Nah, but he fits. He yeah. fits. Yeah. So it's he, like he, he really does. So we and see. it's another. It's one of one of those things where it comes from uh, Nick Saban. So if you trust Nick Saban as yeah. a coach, yeah. he's vouching for this quarterback. I mean, right. it is what it is. Right. Because that's kind a of boy. Yeah, yeah so exactly. We they go fishing see. all the time. They say. Mm-hmm. So finishing see. up my my top five, I got Doc Rivers. All right. Yeah. How I, you got I, How you got Doc, bro? So I chose Doc just based on 
like who he is as a as a man and what he has done as a coach as well. So not only um, he's in the forefront of the social injustice that's been that's been happening. He's been a really good vocal, and he is, he expressed some stuff. So I feel like compassion on that part. Mm-hmm. He's a big component of mental health. So when his players is going through something, you know Doc got it. You know what I mean? Like he he shows up at the 76ers with the exact same talent, just a couple of different pieces, yeah. and, and turn it into what they are today. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's all like mental. That's all like, all right, I know how to engage these guys. I know how to engage Ben Simmons and Embiid and whoever was there beforehand. I can't remember. They they wasn't doing that. They were always blaming it on Embiid. Brett Brown. Ben Simmons. Yeah, Brett Brown. That's right. Because right? he was in Oklahoma for a while, too. And look what happened with Oklahoma. Like, right? Brett Brown no, was in Oklahoma, No, right? Brett Brown wasn't in Oklahoma. Brett, okay. Brett Brown is a disciple of uh, the Spurs. Or whatever the case may be. So, okay. The person well, that was in Oklahoma before was Billy Donovan and uh Yeah, Scott Billy Donovan. Yeah, you right. Billy Donovan's in Chicago now. Yeah. So for me, Doc has not only he's been good, you know what I mean, as a coach. He has now his teams has kind of failed in, in that second round thing. So uh winning is you know, at a, at an extent is gonna come a factor. But I just like who he is, I like what he does as a coach, I like how he engages players. You know, I mean, he's not just oh, I'm here to coach. Like he's he's out on the forefront. So, and then Deion Sanders, I feel like that he when he went to that uh, HBCU, he's Deion's first Sanders always wanted to be a coach from day one. He knew he was gonna play ball. He knew he was gonna do his thing. But once he got through with that, he wanted to engage young men's and young minds. And not only did he do it, um, like is doing that, but he's doing it at an HBCU where at a time it's like, why are we sending all our black talent? And you know what I mean? Um, especially when, when you got football and basketball, the biggest um, sports in America right now, 75%, 80% African-American. He went that and he took it to HBCUs. And now Jackson like, State. Yeah. And now like people are moving over there. Like Master P's son just went there. He's going to go play ball at HBCU. Like, like people and Jack and Aspie sons like second in the in the in the um in the nation, you know what I mean? So it's like okay, cool. Like he's making it a thing. He's making it okay. Maybe we shouldn't be. Oh yeah, we're going to go to Kentucky. We're going to go to Duke. We're going to go to KU or whatever. Now we're going to f- go and, and and put it at a school where it should be, you know, with our people and stuff like that. And I feel like he's a staple. In that, and he, he kind of started that charge. So, Definitely. like the first part, one of the first kids who did it was a kid that went to Howard. He yeah. kind of got hurt, and Howard's season kind of got shut down. Was Maker Maker, which is Thon Maker's brother or cousin or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like he was the first one to be like, "Hey, I'm going to an HBCU because he went to Howard." But like, here's the here's the the like when you saying Dion. And I want to say I think he will be on the list later for me, is because I, I can want, see that. Yep, I, I need him. That. I need him to stay. Yep. I you know don't. what I mean. I don't need mm-hmm. him to win a couple of games, and then turn around and some some you know, body from a major university plucks him because mm-hmm. his name is Deion Sanders. Right. I like I need I need him to stay. I need him to bring the revenue. And the resources to these HBCUs, yeah. like that, and that's the and I, and to answer your question, Dante, why mm-hmm. people 
why these 70 or 80 percent of these kids don't go to these HBCUs? It's because of revenue. Yep. It's revenue. Like, I don't have, like, what can you offer me? Yep. Like, some of these kids are, like, coming from very, you know, impoverished neighborhoods where I need to, I need to do something so I can get my ass up out of this situation so I can provide some type of stability to my family. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where we go into these Alabamas and Floridas and Florida states and Michigan mm-hmm. and Kansas and North yeah. Carolinas and Dukes and all that because the 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 pure revenue or and the pure uh, proven to get you to the league. Yeah, they're proven to get you somewhere. Like Yeah. And just the like we'll even go this far. Just the pure gear. No, true. The the pure like yeah. shoes. I was- Clothing yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. And all of that that That's you true. get. Facilities, like, uh, the facilities, the amenities, yeah. the the food choices that you have, all this type of stuff. Right. Like that weighs heavy on these kids. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. these kids are sending shoes back home to little brothers and little cousins and mm-hmm. you know, little sisters and sending them gear because that might be Christmas for them. Like they can come yeah, home yeah. for Christmas break and have five or six different pairs of shoes. Yeah. To be like, hey, bro, yeah, here you go. That's, that's why, man, it's it's going to be tough to flip that. But what we need is we need strong leadership, and we need some people to be willing to sacrifice because that's the only way it's going to change, you know? Yeah, because now, now you hear because of what Dion. That's why I said it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a couple years for me before Dion because I can see mm-hmm. Dion pulling some of his resources yep. to people. Because Jackson State wasn't an Under Armour company. I mean, it wasn't an Under Armour school. I think it was a Nike school. Mm. Deion signs, and now it becomes an Under Armour school because of Deion's relationship with Under Armour. And he he's an Under Armour guy now. He used to be a Nike guy, but he's an Under Armour guy. So now he's able to incorporate his relationship with Under Armour and get this gear in, make them an Under Armour school. Make them send that because hey, it is Deion Sanders. He is one of our top sellers. He is one of our you know biggest faces with the, you know, um, within the company. Yep. So mm-hmm. they're going to be able to push certain stuff to him. And then you get you know people like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed mm-hmm. talking about yep. coaching at mm-hmm. HBCU. You get Eddie George who now is at what Tennessee yep. State coaching mm-hmm. at HBCU. So you you want to see that needle moving. But it comes from the resource part of it. We need no, resources agree. for that to happen. But, like, but I'll say, hey, none of that going to happen, no matter what what his name is, unless he's unless he's winning. That's true. But like, here's the thing, though it's not a it's not a fair situation. He's going to win, but like, is he going to win at the clip of Alabama or Florida State or Michigan or? You know what I mean? USC, yeah. Texas, whatever. Is he gonna win? Is he gonna get the right talent? He might be able to because he's gotten a lot of he's gotten a lot of kids who were in the top 100 to trans either transfer or automatically just pick right. that school. So that that's gonna be the the thing. Will he get enough of these young kids to take a chance and take a flyer and be like, I'm gonna go there because of Dion, not because I'm going with the tradition of Alabama. Or whoever, whoever it may be, and that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing right. what, that, that we find out here in the here in a little bit. Yeah, I say in the next next uh, four years, uh, four or five years, we'll count this year. I say the next four or five years because it does take a little bit of time. 
you know. But uh, yeah, man, he his one thing he does have is a lot of people just like him. People just like yeah. him. But it's it's going to be tough when you have a four star recruit going to go look at Oregon jerseys. Do they come to they come to Jackson State? <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be hard to prove, man. Because I mean, it's 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 even stuff that small that will get a, a student a, a kid to go to a school. Like, man, we have seventy different jersey types, and they're like, oh man. Then then you go to Jackson State, and they have five. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, Oregon's still beasting out here. Like, man, they looking good. Oregon, but you know they're good. not. Mm-hmm. Because they have I mean, when it Nike comes to their jerseys and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Like <laughs> Phil Knight, Phil Knight went to Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <yep>. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, why am I not about to help my alma mater? Uh, huh? They, they have, I'm a multi-billion-dollar company. They have all the swag. All the swag up there. They got their their uh, locker mm-hmm. room is ridiculous, man. Their their locker room is. Somewhere to just chill, just even, just just because it's so nice. Like you can just go there just to chill. <laughs> yeah, like man, it's crazy. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. And and here, this is this might level out the playing field Where's coming that? coming soon because you everybody know they passed that new little likeness law or whatever. So you're gonna have to start paying these kids for their likeness. This is true. This is true. So we're going to see. Like, because we know Deion Sanders is a marketing type of guy, right? Can he get these? Can he get his first his first team offense and first team defense? Can he get these twenty two dudes deals? And I think he can because he's Deion, right? Right. And so, will he be able? Like now, you'll see where these coaches' minds are. You know what I mean? Because now it's going to take money out of their pocket. It's gonna take yeah. money out of their pocket. Is Nick Saban gonna be so um unselfish to be like let it start running back or start quarterback do an endorsement deal? Or is he gonna be like, oh no, you cutting into my profit with my uh AFLAC commercials. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're we I mean, so we'll see. Like that's gonna be a really big thing. And if you if you get to a school where these guys can make a little money outside, you know, for their likeness, then we'll see. Yeah, we'll, that could, we'll, that could we'll definitely – That's definitely, a great point because it's like, hey, I don't care where I go because I'm getting paid. Yeah, that that definitely can level the playing field mm-hmm. because then at that point, everybody has film. Like, it's 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 not hard to find a kid. Like, if you have people who doing their due diligence, you can find a diamond in the rough anywhere. Anywhere. At a, anywhere. You can find kids anywhere. If they fit your system, Especially so with the, we have we have so much, so much technology now. There's cameras everywhere, man. You'll you'll be found. Yeah, right. So you you got to just do, take care of your responsibility and do your due diligence. And no matter what major school you went to or whatever the case may be, that's in any sport: basketball, football. Like some of those guys who are top one hundred recruits, whatever, and they go to these schools and then they high draft picks. Some of them don't make it. It's some of these dudes that you see coming off the bench or some of these dudes who wasn't the top top guys who make it into the league that succeed. You know, your Dame Lillard, your Steph, your Steph Curry's, your Clay Thompson's, um, C.J. McCullough's, 
You know, you got these yeah. type of guys who weren't high high major guys. Yep. Yeah. And they got coached up. They got shown some respect. And people, they, you know, go through walls for these dudes. Mm-hmm. True. I'm feeling you. So before we wrap this up, I want to ask you guys one more question. Um, you know, in your life and in sports, you know, the times that you were playing sports, whether if it was in your youth, high school, college, collegiate level, other pros or semi-pros, um, who who was one of your favorite coaches and why? <clears throat> one of my favorite coaches would be uh, I had a high school coach. He was a defensive coordinator, football defensive coordinator. They would coach Garrett. I'll never forget mm-hmm. his name. I seen him a few times after high school, but man, he was just the best coach I ever had in my life. Like he, the way I explained the coach was exactly him. Like it was mm-hmm. exactly him, and he didn't. He wouldn't lie to you either. If you weren't good enough, he'll tell you. Like man, you're not good enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But that's respect. Right. That's no, respect. No, no, I can no, respect no, somebody who say right, that. Exactly. It, but if you were, he would tell you you were and how good you actually are at the moment. Not mm-hmm. to say that you can't get better. I mean, there were some people who were just like, yeah, you're, you're just never going to ever. But, you know, he, he would tell you what, what uh, level you probably would be. Like, if he thought you were a D1 athlete, he'll tell you. If he thought you were D D2, he'll tell you. You know what I mean? And he'll also tell you what you had to work on. And he stayed even killed. He never showed, I, he never showed favoritism, but he knew how to connect with everybody. But he 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 never showed like, okay, here's a star player. I'm just gonna worry about him. And I said he never did that, ever. Like he never ever did that. And he was like the easiest person to talk to. You had an issue, you like, no matter which issue it was, you just felt comfortable going in and talk to him about it. He mm-hmm. just made everybody comfortable. Um, he was smart. He knew the game. He, I think, he should have been a head coach. I mean, most of the team thought that too, but um, that's a, that's that's not my. <laughs> that's not up to me. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah it wasn't up to you at all. Yeah. <laughs> Politics <laughs> involved in that, but he um, he was definitely the best coach, and I'm I'm kind of mad that he didn't like. Go on the coach in college. I think he would have been a. I, I think he would have been one of the, one. Of, uh, he would have been a phenomenal coach because he just knew how to connect. Like I said, he stayed even keel. When we lost, he still kept the same temperature. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Meaning, like he didn't get too mad, didn't get too happy. He kept it right there, but enough for you to know he's upset. But not, but not enough to make you feel discouraged. You gotta think, especially when you coaching kids, man. You can take a kid out with, st- with saying something, and they 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 could be done. But he kept it right, per- the perfect level. We kept it the perfect level. And like I said, the main thing I liked was how he knew each of the players, and well, two things: how he knew each of the players, and how he was. Uh, how he kept it like he he didn't show favoritism at all, you know what I mean? Like those those things really 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 stuck with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
you know, those 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 things really really uh, stuck out to me with, with him as a coach. And to me, that that would be my favorite coach I ever had in any sport I played. He was my he he's my top coach. Okay, what about you, D? Man, so for me, it's crazy because I have like three coaches in my head, but I'm I'm going say all three, but then the last one I'm going to say, I'm going to narrow it down while that's my number one. So my college uh, position coach, Jay Bubak, he was, he was my guy, man. He was definitely a, a player's, a player's coach, man. He was, he was tough, but fair. You know what I mean? Like, and he would explain everything to you and he would let you know why you wasn't playing. Like, and he treated everybody fair, but treated you as family too. He'd have us over, yep. you know what I mean? Have us over to the crib and all that. So he was my third. And then my high school, my high school defensive coordinator, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago. His name was Charles Washington Sr. You know what I mean? We everybody called him Uncle Chuck. So he was he was that guy. He played in the league for a little bit for the, you know, old school Houston Oilers. He went to came out of University of Tulsa and like he was like your cool ass uncle, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he was like your cool uncle ass Shane. uncle, yeah. Who would sit there and he would sit there and talk to you about real life and real real shit, and not just football, but just life of you know being a man and you know how to move as a as a man of color and all type of things. So like, definitely he's not number two, but my all time. Number one coach, favorite coach, like, was one of my AAU coaches when I was in, like, young kid all the way in through high school. Like, I call him Pops because, like, to me, he's like my dad. You know what I mean? Like, if everybody know me and, you know, know certain things about my life, that this is the man who I say was my dad, who raised me, taught me how to be a man. Taught me how to walk straight. Taught me what a relationship kind of looked like mm-hmm. as far as with, with, with him and his wife. Taught me how to just be less of an angry person who showed me love. He was the first man I really seen show me love and how to do, the th- do be a man, walk on the straight and narrow and be the right person. So I call him Pops. He's my Pops. I still talk to him, you know, you know. Every not every day, not every not even every month, but I talk to him enough that I can call him right now. Was like, hey, I need this. His name is Leroy Mays. He, you know, he stays now in Houston, but that is definitely my favorite coach. Like, he took me and my brother and incorporated him into his family. Like, wow, they they call us their kids, and like that's that's my guy. Right. Like, so, like, there's that's nothing, cool. that's nothing that he couldn't ask me to do. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to say, no, nah, I, I can't do that. Like, no matter what it is, it could be the most craziest th- shit ever. I'm going to do it with no hesitation because he took a flyer on a kid, on two kids, you know, me and my brother. He took a flyer on us and he didn't have to. And I mean, like, when I mean all the negative shit that people used to say about me and my twin brother, like, they... We ain't shit. We ain't never gonna be shit. We gonna fuck around and be arrested, dead, forty two kids, and all all kind of crazy shit. 
like him and his wife, because I call her moms, they took us in and was like, fuck what y'all saying. They really good kids. Y'all don't understand their situation. They all understand their life. Like, so that's my, that's my guy, man. Pops. Nice. Nice. Well, I guess for me, so I can answer the question. Um, my old high school, he was a head coach, actually. Um, coach O, Coach Omar. And the reason why I say him is I have other good coaches, you know what I mean? Even, and I kind of think about it to like the military time. I, some of them guys, NCOs, I kind of consider like a coach as well. But um, as far as the realm of sports, Coach O, Coach Omar, it was. I mean, he, he took the guys to church. If you were going to be on varsity, you had to go to church every Saturday. Um, he pushed you. He pushed you to learn about different things outside of just football. And then he also pushed you on that football field. But when you did good, man, that dude congratulates you. You felt like you did something for the world. You know what I mean? And and growing up in on, on Hilltop down in West High School back in Columbus, you know, Coach O was, Coach o was a beast, man. And he really challenged people to, you know, to do the things they they, uh, they should be doing and not to focus on, you know, making money and doing all the wrong things, chasing girls and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, he, he had checked me a couple of times. He kind of had to. And, you know, a couple of games, he'll, he'll tell my mom, you know, that dude's going to be a superstar one day. And um, as long as he put the work in. So, I obviously, <laughs> I never put the work in. But no, I appreciate him for that. You know what I mean? I appreciate him just just pushing because that's still like a big, big thing. It's like, oh man, he was trying to he was trying to teach me something in high school that you know, yes, my circumstances was a little different, but I wasn't hearing it. But he still tried it. You know what I mean? It it, it didn't take away what he was trying to do. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't I didn't get the lesson. Oh, I didn't get the lesson because it was my fault. But, you know what I mean, I've, I've never had a coach outside of that that would, you know what I mean, make those those requirements. You know what I mean? Like, you on varsity? You want to play varsity? You like the you like the jacket? You like lettering? You like the girls? You like all that stuff? You go to church on Sunday. I see you at 9 o'clock. So, stuff like that was pretty profound. That was, that was my guy. That's but, dope. Yeah. Coach sure. was cool. But uh, wrapping this up, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have since Jay started this up, you know what I mean. I'm gonna go ahead and leave, have him leave us with, uh, you know what I mean. Um, leave us with a closing statement. Just you know why, why is, why is it important like for coaches out there? You know what I mean. Like, what should y'all be doing to y'all, y'all players? Yeah, hey, go uh, and educate uh, these fellows, Jay. Hey, real quick, <clears throat> you know. I, I think if you plan on being a coach or you're a coach, uh, like we've been all, like like all of us have been saying the whole show, man, learn your team, learn the players on your team. And like Tomlin says, even if you don't like Tomlin, I know a bunch of people in Pittsburgh, they don't like Tomlin for some reason. But um, – Would they want Coward back? Yeah. Uh, but uh, get out of here. <laughs> hey, it's Pittsburgh. But um, <laughs> uh, I would say you know, treat everybody differently, but fear is just like life. Uh, treat every player 
especially if they're a youth, treat them as if treat them the way you, you would treat your own kid. And if you were going to treat your kid, you know, like a grown man, uh, you know what? I can't say that because some some kids they could be treated like that. So basically, mm-hmm. I'll just say this, man. Keep it short and sweet. Any coach that wants to be – any per, person that wants to be a coach or coaches out there already, just try to learn your team, learn your players, be fair, but be real. And you'll do the job right. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. Yep. Not, Appreciate that. You know, not, don't don't just be a, a coach for the sport. Be, be a coach for life too. Yeah, I agree. Yep. <clears throat> yep. I like that. You know, one thing, just to add on top of that, I don't know, people just seen Devontae Smith. And one thing he kept talking about was his mentor, his mentor, his mentor. And that was maybe not, it wasn't a coach per se on the football field, but it was a life coach for him. Right. And if you are not a coach on the football field, but you find yourself being that mentor to somebody, that's still a coach. And what what that dude had yep. did for Devontae, he has given him credit every step of the way, from mm-hmm. the Heisman speech to times on shows and doing interviews on national television to draft day, like, and and still to this day he gives that that his just he was his barber, he gives that man, you know, his credit, his dues because of what that man did for him. So, you know what I mean? Um, right. Embrace that. You know what I mean? And if you find yourself being a mentor to a young kid, like it, it's a pleasure. Right. You know what I mean, it really, really is. And, and you know, be real and be respectful, and you know, teach them what you what you need to teach them. So exactly. That's what about it. you? I, Do you got any closing remarks? Man, like y'all both said, man, know 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 your players, know who they are, know their situations. You know what I mean? Know mm-hmm. their backgrounds. Definitely. Because if you don't know their background. You don't know what's driving them. Mm-hmm. True. So, Very true. <clears throat> and that's and that don't just like don't just be a coach on the on the field. You got to be a coach off the field. You got to be able to open maybe open up your homes. You know what I mean? Because I know in my years of coaching, like I've had kids who've had really rough situations where they was going home and didn't know. You know, if they were gonna eat that night, mm-hmm. or if they could walk to school without, you know, having to feel they were gonna die that day. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like I probably only told this story to a few people, but I'll tell it real quick, man. I had a kid when I was coaching high school. My man walked around with a duffel bag with a 12 gauge shotgun just wow. to get to school, and like one day, like. We were getting ready for a game and I, I mean we didn't really know it so this was early on i picked up the duffel bag and i was like oh it's kind of heavy yeah. and i opened it and he was like oh shit, coach my fault man Look. i was like hold on bro what's what's up with this you know what i mean because like hey like technically i'm supposed to tell he gets expelled and then but what fucking good does that do for him mm-hmm. Like, he's trying to get to school, but he has to go through so much shit just to get to school. And, like, I'm going to take that opportunity away from him. So, nah, we we just, you know, politely took the took the hardware, do what we needed to do, you know, and had a conversation and made sure that he got to school safely. Good, 
Like, yeah, that's what's up. You gotta have these. Like, you, like when I say that, you, you, like I'm still cool with every kid that I pretty much coach. They all have my number. They all can call me anytime they want to. You know, with situations. I just had a kid who called me. I was like, Coach, I'm leaving town. Can I come over for to, for dinner? Just to, you know, thank you and your wife for everything that y'all done for me. And I was like, Yeah, bro, come on over. He moved and he he's he's doing big things. You know what I mean? So I'm proud of him. Like everybody you coach ain't gonna be an NBA talent mm-hmm. or a NFL talent or whatever. But you want them to be a talent in life. You True. know what I mean? Yep. You want them to be a talent in life. You want yep. them to be successful people in life, and that's all coaching is. So, even as a parent, as a parent, you're a coach. God damn it, you're coaching your kid to be better than what you were, and it, it takes some serious responsibility when you're a coach because you're shaping and molding someone's life on the field and off. So that's what I would say, man. Know who's around you, and. Take your ego out of it and support these kids and make them better. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I appreciate you guys rocking with us on this one. As you can tell, this one was uh, a little longer, but, you know, it it was one of those things where it's one of those conversations. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep building. So we're going to do this again. And, um, you know, don't forget to share, like, subscribe. Um, and if you guys want to be part of the conversation, like Jay said earlier, you know what I mean? Comment. And we'll keep that dialogue going. So, appreciate you guys walking with us. Peace. Peace. Peace.